for Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, Georgia's top public health official says the summer spike in COVID-19 cases can be linked to people not following state guidelines. Officials here have long encouraged interventions, such as wearing masks, but have stopped short of pushing for mandates. I think it's very fair to say to people, take some personal responsibility to protect yourself, protect others, protect your family, your community, so that we can all be safe. Dr. Kathleen Toomey, head of the Georgia Department of Public Health, joins me to discuss the role of personal responsibility in slowing the spread of the pandemic, how testing is going here in the state, and much more. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. In the last two weeks, Georgia has seen a 25% drop in the number of COVID-19 diagnostic tests performed. That number comes from the latest White House Coronavirus Task Force report. Joining me now to discuss testing and other parts of the ongoing pandemic in Georgia is Dr. Kathleen Toomey, who leads the Georgia Department of Public Health. Dr. Toomey, thanks for talking with me. No, that's great. Thank you so much. So I want to start by talking about um, a recent change to coronavirus testing policy from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Last week, they changed their guidelines to say that people who have been exposed to someone with the coronavirus but aren't symptomatic don't necessarily need to get tested. Do you agree with that guidance as a medical professional? And what, if any, effect will this change in federal policy have on how we do things here in Georgia? Well, here in Georgia, you know, we are following our data and and our trends, and those guidelines actually say that the asymptomatic individuals could be recommended to be tested by a public health professional, you know, depending on the circumstances. And, you know, we have consistently, uh, in working with the health directors, decided that given our data, given our current situation in Georgia with community spread, that we believe it's in the best scientific interest of, of Georgians to continue to follow the original guidelines, which will allow us to continue to test asymptomatic, all contacts. Uh, those who have symptoms will be tested immediately. Those who 
Our asymptomatic will be tested on day 10 and we'll be continuing to follow those guidelines until things change for us. But we're following the data, we're following you know, what we see is appropriate and that is still consistent with the CDC recommendations. Do you worry that this change in policy recommendations from our nation's preeminent public health agency might somehow depress testing? I'm thinking about the average individual who hears, oh, CDC says I don't need to get tested. Are are you worried that that's going to have an impact? I'm not worried about the average person uh, following CDC guidance. I don't think that influences behavior. We are seeing that there is a decline in demand for testing right now. And we're trying to really work hard to make sure everyone understands we have more than adequate testing capacity. If you wanted to be tested today, you could be tested at most of our nearly 180 test sites around the state. So we're trying to reinforce the fact that testing capacity is available and that you can be tested and that we are able to turn those tests around much quicker than I think had been the case even uh, a month ago. The last two reports from the White House Coronavirus Task Force really do highlight this decline in demand for testing. Over the last two weeks, by their count, the state has processed 25 percent fewer tests What do you make of that? I mean, it's obvious that testing capacity is there, but what's kind of the missing piece that's keeping people from taking advantage of it? Oh, there's a lot of things going on, I think, and we're really working hard to try to understand it. I think some is that there's alternative places to be tested that perhaps uh, people perceive as being easier. Uh, Many of the urgent care centers, some of the other physicians' offices offer rapid tests, which aren't as accurate as the tests we offer turn a test around quickly. People who want to travel to some of the other states that may require a test result and you're leaving tomorrow may uh, choose to do that. I think uh, others are still operating under the assumption that there's a long wait and it'll be a long wait to to get an appointment and a long wait to get the test back. And, And so we are working hard to get information out, not only through our own communications, but also through our public health districts and counties to make everyone aware that we have more than adequate testing capacity and urge people to be tested, particularly if they have symptoms, particularly now going into flu season and really urging people this year more than ever before, get a flu shot. It's so important. It seems that this capacity, we've had this for for weeks, maybe even months now. It maybe seems like the approach of Georgia is if you build it, people will come. But looking at the numbers, effectively, that's not happening. So should the state be doing more to not just provide this capacity, but, but make sure it gets to people? Well, I think that's exactly what we're trying to do. And we haven't had this capacity before. This is really uh, reflects... Uh, a major ramp up in in our ability. And and in fact, we're also working with the universities that we haven't been before. We're working proactively with schools as well as with nursing homes and other long-term care facilities. And so we are actually doing more kind of outreach and coordination that we had not been doing prior. I think the other thing that is really important for us to be doing and we are doing is working with community groups, ministers, other leaders in the community to identify places we can do kind of pop-up spots and and also get them to encourage 
their constituents to get tested. I think that part of this approach is not unlike what we did with HIV, is trying to work with the community to get everyone in the community to appreciate the importance of having access to testing and to take advantage of it, and also to make testing available as easily as possible. And, and that's where we are. And I'm, I think we have done a good job of that and are trying to try to get that word out. You said you feel you've done a good job. I mean, but to have testing decline 25 percent in the last two weeks, I mean, that's a that's a striking number. How do you square those two? Oh, just as I said, I think there's a many reasons that have influenced people's willingness to come to our test sites. And we are working hard, particularly with community groups, to ensure that we can encourage people to be tested, as well as uh, working with the universities, schools, and other community groups. I want to talk next about contact tracing. This has been a focus of the Department of Public Health from very early on in the pandemic. How is that going by, by your assessment? What percentage of cases that you get reported to you are your contact tracers effectively able to trace? Do you have any sense of how many people are actually isolating? This has been a focus of DPH for a long time, but often when you speak about it, you you talk about so many challenges, getting people to pick up the phone and getting people to agree to what you're asking them to do. No, I think that that is um, that, that is all true. It's true with contact tracing for other health conditions too, not just COVID. Uh, one of the things that I've said before is that it's important to recognize that when you have case rates, although they are coming down here in Georgia, and we're happy to see that, we still have high rates of high numbers of new cases. It's much easier and much more effective to do contact tracing when the numbers are lower because fewer and and quicker tests coming back uh, allow us to intervene more quickly. But, uh, you know, many of us here in the health department have ourselves been notified uh, as being uh, a contact. And I think we have been impressed by how professionally the contact tracers perform and and how well they uh, have been able to do. Well, and just to jump in there, I mean, do, do you have any sense of kind of what the capture rate is, what the success rate is, if we want to think about 75 percent or, you know, 50 percent? I, I can probably get you some metrics. I don't have them off the top of my head. But I think it's important, again, to, to know that our, the number of contacts identified uh, are lower now than it had been in earlier when we had fewer cases. And one of the things... Uh, we identified with working with one of our health districts, looking very intensively at some of the cases, is that many of the cases themselves notified their contacts so that there was no need to notify us. Their contacts had already been notified and tested. That won't be reflected in our metrics. You know, we've seen this in, in other health conditions like STDs, where patients do self-referrals and, and we're We want to get people in regardless of whether it's our contact tracers doing it or whether it's the individuals themselves doing it. And so that kind of special study that identified that really made us realize that our metrics are capturing only a fraction of the actual communication going on uh, with contacts. We'll continue to be doing that and and with universities and, and looking at other ways to identify contacts as well, because I think that's a unique situation in a university setting where people are sitting 
in a, a classroom or, or close to each other. That, I think, gets me to this idea of personal responsibility. I mean, throughout this pandemic, both you and Governor Brian Kemp have asked Georgians to, you know, willingly take part in these good public health actions. And this actually came up in a letter um, that the governor sent to the U.S. House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis. This was a letter released earlier this week. In that letter, Governor Brian Kemp wrote that the summer spike in COVID-19 cases we saw here in Georgia came because people, in his words, grew complacent and abandoned public health guidance. What do you make of that assessment? Is it fair to blame a summer spike in cases, which we saw here in Georgia, on people making bad decisions? I don't think anybody's blaming anyone. I think it is pretty clear that there was a lack of vigilance and uh, after after Memorial Day, whatever the reason. And I, I saw it myself as I went out in the community. I saw it myself in bars in my neighborhood when I walked by. People were not social distancing and, and the executive orders were not being enforced. I, I think it's just really important that people understand that as, as uh, the Surgeon General said, to have the freedom you want, you have to take uh, the actions now to protect everyone. And this will allow us all to have our personal freedoms back and do the things we want. I mean, and is, is it fair to expect people to follow recommendations, follow suggestions when stronger measures like mandates could be put in place? I, I think it's very fair to say to people, take some personal responsibility to protect yourself, protect others, protect your family, your community so that we can all be safe. Labor Day is fast approaching, and I've heard a number of public health experts express worry that the holiday could drive more disease spread in Georgia, undoing some of the recent gains that we have seen in driving down new cases and and, and hospitalizations, gains that these public health experts in the White House have called fragile. How worried are you about this coming weekend and what could happen to undo any of the gains that we've seen in fighting the coronavirus? The message I'm giving everyone, both both, about through our communications, as well as in my neighborhood, wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands to keep from inadvertently touching your, your, your face, and follow the executive's order because they do provide the kind of guidance we need to ensure uh, that we don't have that spike. And I'm going to add one more thing to Governor Kemp's four pillars. Get the flu shot this weekend. The flu vaccine is available in many uh, of the drugstores around the metro Atlanta area. And I strongly urge if ever there was a time everyone needed a flu shot, it was this year. And what's at stake if people don't follow that guidance? Well, I think it's, it's important that we identify that we can prevent diseases that look much like COVID. So we're not confused by someone having the flu or COVID, and we can also ensure that people don't get sick from the flu and flood the hospitals, which has happened in years past, and then we don't have the sufficient hospital capacity. And so I think all these things together uh, will be important. Can I say one more thing, Sam? I, I mean, we're talking about the individuals not following guidance. We're talking about um, bars and restaurants not consistently following guidance. But last weekend, I went out and I saw many facilities, including gyms and and hair salons, very diligently following guidelines. And I really want to give a shout out to them because these are our potential 
areas where we could have a lot of spread, and we don't because they have taken the executive order seriously. They want to stay open and they want to protect not only their clients, but their staff. And I just really think that there isn't enough positive said about how well people have taken this seriously, particularly small business owners, and are really working hard, certainly throughout uh, the broader metro area, to make this happen. Sure, and I get that lack of positive focus, but the stakes are higher, I guess, in these settings where guidelines aren't followed. And I'm really appreciative where they are. Dr. Kathleen Toomey leads the Georgia Department of Public Health. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's where you can also leave us a rating and a review. That really helps people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WAB yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wab.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.